Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Not a good week for Stephen Gilbo, the environment and climate change minister. Not a good, not, not a good week. Not a good week for the, uh, the minister. He started it off uh, in Montreal speaking to a conference. By the way, it's going to be a busy show today. We have all sorts of material for you that I, I know you'll enjoy. But Gilbo told a Montreal conference that the federal government will provide zero funding for any new road or highway infrastructure construction. His exact words, quoted by reporters covering the conference, were, there will be no more envelopes from the federal government to enlarge the road network. Quote, end quote. So if I can set aside the, uh, that app, what's it called? Oh, yeah, Rife Scam. If I can set aside the idea of envelopes going along with that app development, which went from $80,000 to over $60 million, there will be no more envelopes from the federal government to enlarge road networks, said the minister. He also told the Montreal conference that uh, the Trudeau government intends to move Canadians out of our cars and trucks and into high-density urban development. Did we ask for that? Did I miss something? And now Gilbo insists that he didn't say what everyone heard him say about no more money for new road or highway construction. And then he jumped on the bicycle and started pedaling furiously and said, he should have been more clear. I guess. Because he was pretty clear to Premier Ford and Alberta's Premier Daniel Smith. Stephen Gibbon needs to understand that he lost. He put together a bill that was found to be unconstitutional. It's illegal. And the court told them they had to rewrite it. And part of the reason it was unconstitutional and illegal is because they did silly things like uh, 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 come into our jurisdiction and tell us what projects we, we could and could not build, including there was a line in there that any road that was longer than 75 kilometers needed federal approval. Well, the Supreme Court has found that to be unconstitutional illegal. 75 kilometers. So if the province of Alberta wants to construct a road that's longer than 75 kilometers, first of all, there'll be no federal money, they don't need it. But if it's longer than 75 kilometers, they have to get the approval of Mr. Gilbeau and his ministry. You know, on the streets, they'd say, dude, but we're not on the street. There was another issue that dogged Mr. Gilbo, and we'll get into that in the next half hour. But I'll just tell you briefly, in Parliament, he spoke, and we have the clip, we'll play it for you. In Parliament, he got up and he said words to the effect that our good friends, Sylvain Charlebois, the uh, professor from Dalhousie University, the agri-foods lab professor, had in fact said, in Ottawa, at a hearing, that there was no connection between the carbon tax. Can you get it ready, Tom? I don't want to hear it. I'm just, I'll, let's play in a couple of seconds. Let me just finish this. He, he said that, uh, that, that Mr. Uh, Charlebois, Professor Charlebois, had said there was no connection between the carbon tax and uh, 
and increased food prices. Have a listen. I would like to remind the colleague opposite that in the Ag Committee uh, last week, uh, one of Canada's foremost experts on food policy, Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University, said, and I, and I quote, and I quote, Madam Speaker, we don't see the evidence of that, talking about the impact of carbon pricing on food in Canada. He, and, he, he, and actually, they invited him to speak at the Ag Committee, Madam Speaker, so I think we have it here. Except, Sylvain Charlebois put on X or on Twitter, he wrote this, I'm aware Minister Gilbo mentioned in the House of Commons this week that I stated the carbon tax has no impact on food prices. That's not accurate. We have said, and for a while now, that based on available data, we cannot measure the effects of the carbon tax on food retail prices. So it's not a, not a good week. Absolutely not a good week for Mr. Gilbert. In fact, it's not a good week for the, for the federal government, for the liberal government. They are staring into the abyss as far as voter confidence is concerned. We'll get into that with abacus polling a little later on the program. Not a good week. Oh, when it comes to the carbon tax, by the way, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business released this, otherwise sitting on $2.5 billion in carbon tax rebates owed to small business since 2019. $2.5 billion owed to small business in this country in carbon tax rebates, and they have no plan and no method to return the money. Not a good week. What else do we have here? Well, let's, let's, just, let's bring in our first guest, who uh, is probably chomping at the bit to get going here. Dan McTagg is the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. I like a lot of other people, though, uh, maybe not so fine when it comes to uh, uh, you know how many controversies and how many how much difficulty this government can create in the lives of ordinary Canadians. And uh, no amount of changing names and words uh, is going to change. Uh, I think the widening widening perception in this country, Roy, that you've touched on that uh, things are uh, not well in the state of Canada. Uh, Dan, how can you are in government for 18 years? How can you get so many things so wrong in such a short period of time when you've been the environment minister since Mr. Trudeau recruited you personally in Montreal? And that was a couple of years ago. Well, anyone who's done any deep study into Stephen Gibo will know uh, he's quite the radical. Um, yes, he's an avowed socialist. He said so in the House of Commons, but he's also one of these guys that said uh, years ago, no more, no more roads, no vehicles, no advertising for automotive uh, you know, industry, no new subdivisions being built. You have to live one on top of the other in, in downtown regions of this country. Uh, he loved the 15-minute cities. So what he has said here is no you know, <laughs> misspeak or... Uh, as some uh, in our friends in the media are trying to suggest that it was a faux pas. Anyone who knows Stephen Gibo knows the credentials and that he is very much an activist and he is, he is damn determined. If he were prime minister tomorrow, these things would already be on their way. But I think for a lot of Canadians, you know, if some in our friends and the journalists have not done a deep dive on Mr. Gibo's background, I'm prepared to do that. I have lots of information on him then perhaps they will have to consider what he's really talking about. Because this is a guy who has single-handedly attacked 
our number one producing sector, revenue generator, the oil and gas sector. He's hemmed in manufacturing. He's going after agriculture. He's going after the uh, electricity industry. He's going after the housing industry. Uh, now he wants to go after the transportation infrastructure. Roy, in 1993, I was elected as a young, budding Liberal member of Parliament under a leader named Jean Chrétien, who said we need to build infrastructure. And we will, in fact, go into debt to build roads and infrastructure that Canadians need to help grow our economy and to help accommodate the 3.5% increase in our population every year. These guys have it backwards, uh, but it's not by accident, not a slip of the tongue. It's a very deliberate net zero policy, and make no mistake, this is uh, really the tip of the iceberg. These guys have a plan. The plan is not one that takes into consideration our standard of living or the realities about our uh, increasing population and our needs for energy. Okay, so now we've all, I've often said, Dan, it's been one of my favorite phrases, don't say to me today what you don't want me to play back for you tomorrow. <laughs> and that's happened. Well, as a, and, and Premier yeah. McGinty, when he was Premier of Ontario, and I did a regional show in Ontario, he ran into that where he actually said something to me earlier in the same segment, and I played it back for him, and it didn't exactly uh, correlate to what he had just said, like minutes later. Yeah. However, so now we have Mr. Gilbo saying, well, I never said. <laughs> I never said there'll be no more envelopes from the federal government to enlarge the road network. Of course, I never said that. and, and, and or, or maybe I misspoke. I didn't mean to say that. But he's also, Dan, as you know, He's now hinting, and I've spoken with Premier Moe and Premier Smith from Saskatchewan and Alberta, respectively, quite a few times on this program about the issue of Gilbo and his energy policies by 2035, and they've been very outspoken about Gilbo. Gilbo's now hinting at changes to be announced concerning his energy dictates for provinces because the polling numbers are terrible. Let's start with the, um, the clean fuel regulation Mr. Uh, Trudeau's government is bringing forward. Have you said that it's broadly regressive, quote, end quote, and its price increase for gasoline and diesel will, by the time it's fully implemented in 2030, be more hurtful to lower income households in Canada? Yes, because that's the definition of regressive. It means that it has a proportionally bigger impact on lower income households. And that's exactly what the clean fuel regulations will do. I have so many clips from uh, Mr. Well, not, I don't have any clips from Gilbo, but I have so many clips from other people who've spoken about his initiatives and his policies. That, of course, was Yves Cheroux, the parliamentary budget officer, on this program on the clean fuel regulations. That's another beauty. Yep. And, uh, and, and we know that... Uh, uh, when I was speaking with Mr. Gilbo, um, not Mr. Gilbo, with uh, with uh, Yves Giroux, uh, I, I said to him, "So, where did you get the information? You remember this uh, the, this this uh, conversation, folks? You, you got the information on the report about the clean fuel standard harming the least capable of paying the fees, people in this country. You got them from the Environment Ministry. Yes, he did." But it was the environment ministry and the minister who jumped all over Mr. Giroux for having issued the report based on what they gave him. I mean, it's it's hard to just keep this straight and, and talk about it. Um, 
is our text line. Canada's total use, that's from Ontario. Canada's total use of oil is equivalent to the volume of a child's crib, 93 cubic feet, burning per second, in a country 4,000 by 3,000 miles. Not the cause of climate change, many other causes. Dan McTagg, um, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy, is with us. Let's, uh, let's get Mark on the line from Delta, British Columbia. How are you, Mark? Okay, Roy. Uh, how are you? Always uh, nice to listen to you. Thank you. Where do I begin here? I'll, I'll be very No, quick. I don't know. Where do you begin? I spoke to my mom last week. I see her every second week. Her and her best friend came from England to Canada, 1958, and she said to me, Vancouver used to be such a wonderful place. It's not so wonderful now. Um, I was born in Vancouver. I live in the outskirts. It's just one thing after another. Like, what are we to do? Like, You're talking about the fuel cost? The fuel cost, uh, the, the war on fossil fuels. How on earth is Canada going to pay off its debt without fossil fuels? Well, let's turn this over to Mark. Don't go away. Let's talk to Dan McTagg for 18 years, a member of parliament, liberal member of parliament in the Jean Chrétien government. And he dealt with the issue of fossil fuels and, and gasoline and, and, and diesel and oil and electricity. Dan, how do you answer that question for Mark? Well, he's correct. Uh, and Vancouver, uh, Vic, uh, British Columbia, poster boy in terms of uh, carbon taxes, not just the first one uh, on fuel, uh, which, of course, is, as we know, 16 cents a litre in the province, another 17 cents a litre for uh, the clean fuel standard uh, regulation, the BCLCFS, the, the long word for British Columbia low carbon fuel standard, been around for several years. That's adding uh, 17 cents a litre plus GST. And then you have TransLink taxes. Look, there's no secret. The governments of British Columbia and of all stripes have said, we want people out of their vehicles. We want people to uh, be punished uh, for using hydrocarbons, the very thing in which the entire economy of the world is premised and for which we've seen over the past few years is critical in terms of establishing and maintaining our standard of living. And guess what? We do it damn clean here in this country, relatively speaking. Yeah, but, we do. Uh, you know, for a government like British Columbia, which use every tool in the box to kill the clean, the uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, which is almost open, and costing you and I as taxpayers thirty billion bucks because the federal liberals would not stand up to their own regulations, which said that that company, Kinder Morgan, had the right to build it, and you cannot block it. We are now on the hook because of high, you know of political hijinks. So what do we do with the actors who engage? Well, in let's do this, Dan. Morgan, Dan, let's do this. The, uh, governorship. Let, of, let's uh, give the, let's give Mark a few more seconds before we break yeah. for the half hour, Mark. Well, we'll just, I mean, got so many things to say. Um, okay, you don't want people driving. Well, why are you promoting electric vehicles? People yeah. don't. Oh, well, he's not so hot on electric vehicles anymore as of Monday. He said they're not the, they're not the full solution. Not driving. Well, I mean, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> people aren't buying them. Mark, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much from Delta, British Columbia. We'll be taking more of your calls. Let, let's get Debbie on the line. Dan is staying with us. We'll take some calls. From you at 1-800-263-2428. And your impression of what you've heard. I don't want you to do an impression of Gilbo, unless you want to. But uh, what you've heard from our environment minister, just in the last few days, Debbie's been holding on in Parkland County, Alberta, for some time. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for your patience. What do you, what do you want to say? Well, thank you, Roy, for being the voice of reason for Canada. Um, I just, I am, you know, like many Albertans and such out here, is that, and I'm sure across Canada, 
um, are really kind of concerned with regards to the position that Stephen is in as our environmental minister and sort of the delusional thinking that he seems to think. Uh, I think the one thing of this rebranding um, the carbon tax and um, and stating things, he must think Canadians are are just like we're all kind of daft. And, and I think that sort of narcissism and, and on his part is incredibly concerning. I've had by chance probably six or seven meetings with people, strangers, and, and it is on everybody's radar, the concerns with regards to the carbon tax, his comments, um, the, the transitioning. I'm just really grateful that we have folks like uh, our, our Premier of Alberta, who's, who is uh, speaking on our behalf, and also for folks like yourself that kind of say, we need a balanced conversation. And it really kind of goes to speak to myself is that the buck stops at Trudeau. And for him to stand up and, and uh, kind of, and oh, he didn't quite mean that. He really must think Canadians really have their head yeah. in the sand. But yep. I just want to let you know, it is on everybody's radar. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Let's talk to Richard or hear from Richard in Vancouver. Richard. Roy, uh, good afternoon. Hi. And thanks again. I've listened to you many times on a Saturday afternoon. I must uh, commend you for the quality journalism and debate that you bring into Thank really you. important topics in Canada. And um, I'd like to comment about the entertaining tap dance by our federal environment minister, too. And there's a couple of thoughts. I, I, I'm great at seeing correlations here. And I think that, you know, the liberals, by swinging and raising the green flag, are perhaps thinking to the next federal election where they want to exploit and get as many NDP votes as they can, right? And the other thing is I noticed that in our country that there's an incredible political divide between big cities and rural people and in their both in their voting patterns and their thinking, right? And I also got to thinking about and when you're talking about he was talking about uh the big cities and putting everybody's in towers. That's what he wants. That. A, That's what he wants. He wants us all living in tall towers. Yeah, well I I had a few friends back in the day and I thought they were this was like a conspiracy theory, but I don't know if you ever heard about this agenda twenty two thing. Yeah, but like I, I I'm sorry, um Richard, I appreciate your call very much, but we only have thirty seconds left for you, then I have to move on, okay? Yeah, okay. Well what I'm trying to say is that essentially that, you know, I, I think the NDP and liberal votes are really big in the big cities, and this is a lead up to the next federal election. Yeah, well, everything they're doing that. now. Thank you very much, Richard. Everything they're doing now is a lead up to the election because they're getting absolutely decimated in national polling, and you'll hear that when we talk to the vice president of Abacus in the next hour. Dan, uh, Mr. Gibault wants us to live in uh, tall towers. Reminds me of the Rhino Party's platform a few decades ago. Quebec, yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll just turn the CN Tower on its side, and we'll ride the elevators to work. But, 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 anybody, <laughs> but anyway, tower to climb. <laughs> so as you're listening, and you can hear the frustration, and the unhappiness, and the ridiculing of this environment minister from our callers across the country. Tell us again what you're thinking. You're the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Mr. Gibo's trying to do his best to make sure it's not affordable and that we get out of our cars and trucks and we live in those tall towers in the urban environment that he envisages as the panacea or the rescue of the planet. Yeah, the green re-engineering is a failure. It's a colossal failure. It wasn't going to work 30 years ago. It's not working for Europe. It's not going to work for Canadians. And I think there's some significant pushback 
what's interesting, though, my old colleague, uh, now uh, government house leader, Stephen McKinnon, is now quoted as saying today they're going to stick with their carbon taxes and all these other painful, unnecessary measures the federal government is taking, the clean fuel standard, uh, you uh, blocking pipelines, uh, forcing provinces to uh, heal to their uh, to their electrical mandates, etc. We, we can go through the whole list. But no, that's the not. end of all of this, Canadians aren't important. It's, uh, it's no surprise that they are where they are in the minds of Canadians. And if you look at the polling, and again, we'll get this from Abacus, women are now or women have actually, in large numbers, turned to the Conservative Party. And that is not the usual theme of things in this country. Men, yes. Women, not so much. Women are doing that. And younger Canadians, the 18 to 34 demo, almost solidly conservative across the country. And this would all be over, Roy, if um, Jagmeet Singh could find a spine and uh, and call this government, as the previous NDP would have done. There's the been, Dan, Dan there's, transgression. there's polling that shows the NDP leading the Liberals. He may not need Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 29th of February is coming up really soon, and it'll be yeah, the 40th yeah, anniversary of yeah. his father taking uh, that long walk in the snow. Uh, I grow yeah. old, I grow old. <laughs> All right, tell us, tell us this just before we go, and thank you so much for spending the time with us today. What's, what's the, what's, where's fuel price going over the next few months? Where's gasoline and diesel going? Up, up, and up. Oh. Diesel and gasoline and oil are all heading up, much higher than some people thought, uh, certainly higher than 2023. And, of course, uh, on the 1st of April, uh, 4.3 cent increase in diesel, 4 cent increase for gasoline. And, uh, of course, for Ontario and the prairies and uh, many other locations, you'll get what the Maritimes in British Columbia have had. That's the second carbon tax. So between now and 2030, and people think it's a long way down the road, look for about uh, 75 cents for diesel additional and an additional 62, 63 cents for gasoline. Uh, You better get those EVs very quickly or at least find a road to drive them off. Yeah. (laughs) No more envelopes. Oh, Thank you. an envelope for him. It's called a uh, pink slip. Yeah, uh, that's coming. <laughs> if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.